Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, A Healing Journey to Self-Love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Radically Loved podcast. Tessa's here today, everyone. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so. awesome. Nice little reception there for you. So why is Tessa here today? Tessa's here today because we love Tessa. And in fact, somebody had emailed us on the info at radicallyloved.com email. They miss when we used to do these little intros at the beginning, but they like that we do now a full Wisdom Wednesday episode, just you and I. Oh, so we want it all. I know, (laughs) right? So typical. Like we want, why is it 55 degrees in Los Angeles and I am freezing? Oh my goodness. That That is is really chilly. That is really chilly. It's really cold. Anyway, today, guys, it's a very special episode. And I wanted to have Tessa here with us because I I just wanted her here. I don't really need a reason. Because we are unlocking the inner wisdom of love. Mm-hmm. And we have Byron Katie on the show today. Now, she is man, she's like a best-selling author. She is a, like, I don't know what you would call her. She's a a trailblazer in the Mm -hmm. world of self-love and self-help, I would say. Like she has such, I mean, if if you're not familiar with her, I'll read you her bio. Byron Katie is a world-renowned author and speaker. Her life's mission is to end people's suffering by teaching the powerful process of self-inquiry also known as the work. Her method has helped millions of people find freedom and live their authentic life. Apart from this, she founded the School of the Work and Turnaround House. Unlike traditional schools, these workshops teach participants to unlearn things to create lasting life transformation. So, I mean, doesn't that sound like something that we all need in our lives? Heck yes. I need it. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so valuable and thank goodness for Byron Katie showing up doing her work so that we get to do our work and I think we're all better for it. Yeah, it's true. How familiar were you with Byron Katie? I mean, how familiar are you with Byron Katie and the work? So I've heard of her work and I've heard her name and I actually haven't read any of her work. (laughs) So this has been a really nice introduction into what it is that she does and how she shows up in the world and shares things with us. And her book is now on my, well, it's, it's purchased and it's on its way to me. So I'm really excited. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm so glad because this to me personally speaks to my path and my journey, because this was the first book I ever read in the realm of self-inquiry before I even read any meditation book or anything that was involved a practice. This was actually the first type of practice that I started to do. And because I was so impressionable at that age, I was, I don't know, like I just turned 20 or I was still 19 And it was such an incredibly moving experience for me because it just affirmed so much that we have more power than we think, that we have the ability to change situations. We can change our internal narrative, even if we can't change our external narrative. And it really helped me feel empowered. And it really is what set me on my path. I mean, there's so many books and obviously 
you and I have had these conversations before that I read Jack Cornfield, uh, John Kabat-Zinn, which I write about in my book, Marianne Williamson, all of these sort of new agey self-help authors that at that time really gave words to what I was feeling internally. And it showed me the path of what was possible. Mm. And Byron Katie is to me, the epitome of what can be, Mm. of what can actually be created from nothing right? When we think that there's nothing for us to strive for, or we're feeling stuck, or we have a negative voice inside our head, or if we feel like we can't identify what our issue is. I mean, it's a true practice in finding who we authentically and truly are at our core. Mm. And so I found it very important to be able to just share that point before we actually introduce this conversation with Byron Katie, because I wasn't going to sit there and give her my history, right? I just wanted us to be able to have a great conversation, but she truly was somebody that was, her work was so pivotal to my development as a confident person. Mm. And if those of you that are not familiar with Byron Katie's work. The book that I'm talking about is Loving What Is. And this book is all about flipping that narrative upside down. And it's very simple. You know, for the people that are listening to this that are familiar with the work, it's called The Work, you know how I don't want to say basic, right? But it's very basic conversation. It's very basic self-inquiry. And in yoga, there is a practice called vichara and vichara V-I-C-H-A-R-A is a practice of peeling back the layers, doing self-inquiry. And so this work, Byron Katie's work is it, to me, it's like the exact same thing. It's very similar to really asking yourself, what is, is this true? Is this belief true? Who are you without this belief? Mm. Is it really true? And now turn it around. Who are you without it? Mm. So it's very basic concepts that are so incredibly powerful. And it's something that I wish we could learn in school. It should be part of a curriculum of how to be a human in our world at large, especially now, because we are so reactive and so I think really sheltered from doing, not sheltered, I'm sorry, we're too distracted from doing the self-inquiry that we need to do in order to feel fulfillment in our lives a lot of the time. And I say that because we're constantly distracted by our devices, computer, television, you know, doing things that are going to keep us from setting aside the time to do this type of work. If you're listening to this podcast, obviously you are interested in doing this work or you wouldn't be here. And if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Uh, We love that you're here and we so look forward to hearing your feedback. But without further ado, before I introduce Miss Byron Katie, Tess, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I think the thing that as because I had the opportunity to listen and watch the podcast and as I was listening to Byron Katie speak and just reviewing the work she's done, it's occurred to me personally that even if we do this work, like for example, I do this work for a living, there is still a lot of under the awareness, unconscious narrative that happens that's not so helpful. And so this work is a reminder that it's a continual process of even if you are someone in the industry of wellness and self-inquiry, you know, yoga, whatever it is, that we still have our own inner critic or our own narrative to work with, regardless how far along on the path we think we are. And I say this from my own personal experience. So I think it just speaks to like this idea that I'm always wanting 
a teacher or a mentor or someone else to learn from who can kind of help guide me along the way. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And now I'm excited to share this conversation with Byron Katie. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I am joined by, I say this every time, I say we're going to be joined by a very special guest, but truly those of you that have been listening to this podcast since 2016 know how special this particular conversation is going to be because the woman here today has been such a huge inspiration in not only my path and my journey, but just my ability to inquire within. We have Miss Byron Katie on the show today. Thank you for being here. Just oh, the clap track is inserted. I'm so happy to be here with you, Rosie. Thank you, honey. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. The reason why you're here today is because it's uh, a celebration. And I just want to read this because I want to make sure that I get the information exactly correct. It's been nearly 20 years, no, nearly 20 years later, loving what is continues to inspire people all over the world to do the work, to listen to the answers they find inside themselves and to open their minds to profound, spacious and life transforming insights. The work is simply four questions that when applied to a specific problem, enable you to see what is troubling you in an entirely different light. I love that. I love that. But all loving what is. And, you know, it, it's meant so much to so many people. Someone mentioned it today with so much gratitude. I like it, Rosie, because it's, it's just so simple that that any of us can understand it. It's um, and profound at the same time. And I love this new edition that, that um, they just published. Yeah, there is. It says it's a revised edition. And I one of the questions I wanted to ask you, of course, right away was what revisions are there? Did you change anything that you felt needed to be changed at this time? Or did you feel like the revisions that you made were minor? Well, I had to throw in there like uh, seven or eight just amazing new dialogues. <laughs> and, and so people could sit in those and, and really experience inquiry from someone else's experience as they sit in on it. And so those and uh, new passages that really clarify what the work is in a simple language. You know, I just wanted to be sure it's a simple, that it can simple in a very good way as, as it takes for people to really understand how, how to, how to inquire within and, um, and then a new forward. Yeah. By Stephen, Stephen Mitchell. Uh-huh. My husband. Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, and, and that to me, I think is something so special because your awakening was uh, brought about during a divorce, right? During a mm -hmm. really troubled time. And yes, and I've gone back and back to this book and I'll, I'll share a little bit more, but I think especially during this time in our uh, I don't know, like during this time that we're all experiencing this pandemic and the sort of experience culturally that it just seems like a lot of people are unhappy and going through a major transformation that yeah, there's a lot of turbulence. A lot yes. Of turbulence. Yeah. So how do you feel about the work being done during this time while we're all sort of struggling through this really unpredictable moment in time. I, I just am so grateful that it's out there, you know, that it's out there and it's always free on their website and anyone can do it if their mind is open to it. And as you and I know, Rosie, the freedom that comes out of it is found within us, which is shocking to think that, you know, they say all the answers are in us. What does that mean? But we, we understand what that means. It's it's a, it's a practice. It's a meditative practice. It takes stillness as we listen to the wisdom that meet that meets those questions. And there are four questions, and and um, and I do, I don't know how to draw people to it other than in these twenty years, people like you, people like me, 
we discover the work, which is really inside of us individually. It's inside of us. And we discovered it. We discover it. And we pass it on. We pass it on through our kindness, our wisdom. And people may say, oh, you're so wise. What are they talking about? Because it's just so obvious to us. And, and so I think it moves that way. And, and, you know, one to the other, to the other, to the other. I think anything that has value moves like that. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the world is in us. So, you know, in other words, the way I see you and him and her and them, the people in the world, if, if um, the way that, that I see them, that is who they are to me. So if I am not compassionate or intimate in, in a way of, of meaning like um, compatible when I think of the people in the world and, you know, like who come through the news and through the books and, and television, webs, all of it. If I'm not understanding and at peace and compassionate with everything I read and see and think, then I, I have a little more work to do. And what that leaves for me, for example, is loving what is my world. And so, you know, the work is about it's an intimate experience it's an intimate experience like at first like just walking down the street it was difficult for me not to just walk up to someone and hug them and say I'm so glad you're here because it just it's just strange so to feel it without doing it and to take in all of that that connection to just a human being on the street for example I mean, how do you express that? And it was the most difficult thing for me just to experience it and feel it and take, that's a lot of energy. Love is a, it is a lot of energy. You know, the love I'm pointing to, it's, it's um, mm, certainly teaches balance, balance in all things. Yeah. I mean, this has been, I mean, this has been your life's work to spread this way of being in a very heart centered and authentic way. And really you've provided the pillars that we need in order to be able to go into a state of loving what is of being Mm -hmm. present of loving the other. And I, again, when I found this during my sort of, I would say spiritual awakening in my later teens, Uh, early 20s, when I read this book, I was, I, first of all, I was struck with how simple the questions were, right? How simple Uh it was to really ask those questions. And it was almost this, this overwhelming joy of, oh, yes, it, of course it is this simple. Of course it is just, me getting in the way and creating an obstacle that may not be there at all. Yeah. 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 So, so and that is the case. I can't think of anything, you know, that's, that's the case. And if it's disturbing, then um, we can identify what we're thinking and believing and question it. And then everything begins to make sense until the next thing comes along until finally everything begins to make sense. Yeah. We can approach it without fear, without anger, without, um, without hidden identity that says, Oh, I understand. Or, Oh, you're so beautiful. Or, Oh, I really like that authenticity. That's not just saying it, but speaking out of experience and living out of experience that that connection to others and and that's pretty scary for people for some people to hear but it doesn't mean we have to say hello or invite them to tea or any of it this is a a, a living 
experience of how to how to love the world yeah and everyone and everything in it yeah i mean it's again uh to me it sounds good and it's very radically loved is all about us cultivating more of that presence and love um one of my questions for you is with regard to internal inquiry and us having the time and you know it's been a, a while since you've you've written this book and since you've done this work um when you created it i'm wondering now in the in the state of the world that we're in with constantly being bombarded by information mm-hmm. do you think that we still have the capacity to find that time for self-inquiry in the midst of all of the distraction that we have? Well, I think each of us need to answer that, you know, individually, answer it for ourselves. But I I just can't, um, the difference is so radical. It's like sitting in one, one um, you know, that Judge and Abel worksheet, there are six questions on it. And, and we answer those six questions. And then we, we question what we've written. And um, so the world is pretty rough, as you and I know, when we are living out of what we believed, you know, we see out of our own eyes and what we believe those people or that situation to be can be terrifying, can be um, traumatic. And, and when we identify what we were thinking and believing in the center of, in the eye of that storm, like we get still and anchor in that place where we were so frightened, let's say, and we identify the thoughts and move them from our head to paper and question them. It shifts everything. It shifts everything. And what I love about it is no one's telling us what to think, what to do, none of it. It's a meditative practice where we just inquire and it um, it changes the way we see the world. And it allows people like us to go into situations that other people are too fearful to go into. And people can go in led by love, led by the heart, but still hold the fear. And we can go in fearlessly into in. I just love the ability to be with the world, you know, being agoraphobic and and so suicidal for so many years, and to find something so empowering inside of me. This lost over two hundred pound woman human being it's just too confused to even brush her teeth oh just horrible and to be popped out into by the wisdom within that was so um so hidden by ego pure ego so that's where i began to love the ego and I just I would just let it talk and take dictation, like write down what it's saying, like the world's a terrible place. They're going to hurt you. No one cares. There's something wrong with me. Um, I, I don't have a purpose. I mean, all of these things, it's a torture chamber. And to be able to question that and the wisdom within to meet those questions and the exchange that takes place is so radical. Even my children didn't recognize me. And I'm not the only one that, that has experienced that in this world. You know, we our, our bodies look the same, but our let's say personality, just to keep it simple, our personality has so radically shifted that, that in that we're unrecognizable. It took, a, it took my children a long time to really trust that that old-minded mother wasn't going to appear again. <laughs> and by the way, what are you doing out of your, your closet, your bedroom, your home, and free in the world? It's, um, 
it's a quite a quite a gift to understand and that's what i hope for this this the new revision of this book that's already so changed so many lives but i love people through this book can understand what loving what is really means yeah i mean i can just sit here and listen to you just talk about it <laughs> forever. You know I, mean, I love if we're paralyzed from head to toe and the doctors say no hope if we love everything we think we're okay so this really is the love affair with the self yeah this episode is brought to you by tonal Happy holidays, my friends. It is that time of the year, the time of year when you back in the day would go to the gym and it would be super packed right after Thanksgiving, right after the holidays. And you have to wait for your machine. You have to wait for somebody else to finish their workout. Well, that's not happening for me this year. Why? Because I have a tonal. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why I was like super excited. But my tonal has really helped me through the majority of this year. I can work out anytime I want. Tonal helps you train smarter so you can get stronger, faster. It's like having an entire gym and personal trainer in your home. You can now get financing for Tonal as low as $63 a month, zero APR for four years. There's professional installers that will deliver and mount your Tonal safely and quickly so you can spend your energy working out. They also offer a three-year limited warranty. Try Tonal today, the smartest home gym for 30 days in your home. Tonal is so confident you'll love it. They offer a full money back guarantee. You can start at $63 a month with zero interest over 48 months. So don't miss this offer. Visit www.tonal.com and for a limited time, get $100 off when you use the promo code BROSY. That's www.tonal.com. Use promo code BROSY. How do you speak to, how does this speak to the, the people out there who are in that state of they, they've never experienced um, joy or connection in their life? They don't know what that's like, and they have a desire for something else than what they are currently living. Yeah. Well, there's no way to guess what comes like, like the two of us can speak to to how radical the experience of going from this to that is. But but I um there's nothing we have to do with it. It's something we realize. And so I would say to people who fear it, there's just you don't have to do anything with it. It's just something to realize. It's to experience a more enlightened mind. And people who sit in this practice on stay in touch. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but understand what the enlightened mind is. It, for me, it means it goes from darkness to, oh my gosh, I understand, like an awakeness. Yeah. Uh, and presence. Oh, presence. Like. Mm. It's so, it's so good. Can you give us an example of the the ego getting in the way of that? Who is, let's define the ego for people that may, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows, but just in, in just regular terms. Well, the, is the ego is the voice that says, I want, I need, I should, you shouldn't, I don't ever want to. And the problem with you is, you know, like that. And he doesn't care about me. And, and um, she's, she's always, she thinks I'm stupid. Um, they don't understand me. I mean, that's the ego, the ego, the ego's attempt to survive as I Identity and ego is just a word for mind, for thinking, and the images that come with it. Like you, you can't, you can't. Um, for example, 
if I say the word banana, you cannot not think of a banana. And, and the one you see is probably yellow. Maybe it has some brown stripes and maybe it's peeled and maybe it's not. But a banana. And but if we saw that image and the ego didn't name it, it couldn't. Oh, I'll just say it this way. It couldn't convince this I that I am the things I believe me to be or the things I believe you to be because the things I believe you to be are about me too. I believe you to be. So there's nothing that isn't about identity. So I just fell in love with this little lost child that everyone's at war with, or I could say I was so at war with and didn't understand. And we started making love. I identified it in my head. And that's, you know, those six questions on the worksheet. And um, then I just sat with the ego, which I invite everything to do, and question one belief at a time and come home. And eventually, that ego begins to trust and it can rest in the heart. It's found a home. And in that separation ceases to be and we're at peace with everyone and everything and it's a process yeah yes it's a journey this is earth school (laughs) yeah no i love you talk about that and i i want you to to let everybody here know what earth school is yeah earth school is is um it's um you know if you think of of your first memory or the first memory you can remember would be the first memory that you can remember. That would be, that would be it. And then you, you, to find that first memory, the old, oldest memory memory you can recall is to, is to see your approximate age and see where you are. Are you standing? Are you sitting? And where are you sitting? And, and how old are you? And um, maybe even what you're wearing, but you just anchor when it shows itself to you, you just anchor there. And then, you know, who were you just prior to that? And what is it that brought you into Earth School? And it was the first I thought. So it's like I. I am, I am, and my first memory, the one I, the oldest one I can recall is, is I am this little girl reaching up to my sister to hold my hand to walk out the back door. And in the, in the door, there's, there's, there's a, a glass frame and I can see the sun coming through it. And that's my first memory. And I can't see exactly what I can, I was wearing, but I can see me reaching up for her hand and I can see the, the sunlight through the glass. And, and there's, and I'm, we're standing in what looks like what I recall as a kitchen. So what is it? I am, there it is, wanting to go outside with my sister so I was born of I am and prior to that that's my oldest memory so there's nothing prior to that so we can say I was born at about three or four years old and that was my entrance into earth school and then I invite people to look at their second oldest memory and usually I mean often it's two years later three years later or or you know, whatever, but what is in between? If I can't remember it, it's not mine. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but if I can't remember it, it's not mine. So I am three here, approximately three here, and I'm about five years old here. I'm walking to kindergarten. My mother's holding my hand. Okay, so, so Rosie, in between that time, you know, what happened? What happened? And for my mother, a lot, when I ask her about it, for me, nothing. 
So it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's, and all the time I was being fed. I, I slept. I did all of that, but okay. So the ego now it's like, it doesn't sleep. It's so identified. It just, it just doesn't sleep. But once we understand it, it's not that it sleeps. It's just unnecessary for it to identify it's resting in the wisdom of the heart. So now the, the, to answer your question, earth school is opportunity to wake up. To wake up to reality and our true nature. And that's immovable. So we're here to recognize that. And it's infinite. And you know, I, could, I could use words, but they're only words. But I have definition like peace, connection, love, understanding, kindness, compassion. These are all definitions of of what it's like to live in a in a state of um, awareness, and it's um, it's to love the world. And we can we can never have the world back, and it begins to me the lack of need to have it back. You're living in a present moment where all your needs are met. And I don't know a lovelier place. And the people <clears throat> that hurt us, that that kick us, that scorn us, that bring us misery, those are the earth school teachers. So we can judge them. That's what we do. We judge them. So I invite people, yes, judge them. Don't shut your ego down. Judge those people just the way you're doing already anyway. And put those thoughts on that, on that worksheet and answer those questions one through six, which support you to, to move the judgments from your head to paper. And, and then question them. And then identity begins to fall away as you begin to oh my goodness be at home in this world at home with everyone and everything in this world yeah as, as we understand it to be so if we don't love the world there is a way and that's what this um, loving what is is about you know to revise it and maybe be a little more a little more assistance and people that that want to to look more deeply into them how often how often do you still ask yourself those six questions well you know the uh the question is it true is so alive this you know the first question there are four of them but the is it true um it's um it's everything's in that if your mind is open and is what i'm believing about him or her or them um is it true? So it's it's like everything I think ends in an invisible question mark that's simply no longer a question mark. It's 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 an um, it's an experience. So I'd say maybe I had the thought he doesn't care about me, and you can see my hear my attitude. He doesn't care about me. So an attitude goes with what we're believing and or it can and and here's what it feels like inside of me he doesn't care about me you hear the question mark it's invisible so he doesn't care about me question mark so it's always kind it's like there's something wrong with me feels like there's something wrong with me meaning that's something I can question rather than believe everything the ego throws out as it fights for, for um, identity, uh, a physical identity, which can never be. I mean, it's really that, that question for me has pulled me out of so many spirals. I can't even 
can't, I mean, at least, I don't know, a couple of times a day. Yeah. It's just, it's so incredible. So your life, your, your mind ends in a question mark as well. You feel those, those emotions and you don't even know you're feeling them. It's just commonplace. It's just all working together. And, and is it true? It's just there. And that's what this practice gives us. I love you have that. I love that so much, Rosie. Do you think Um, that I should take um, that in? I'm just like, uh, it's hard for me to continue continue the interview. And I'm just like, I just want to chat with you. Um, Well, that's what we're doing. (laughs) There is, um, there's something that I read at one point, I think maybe it was an interview that you did and you, you talked about how love is, isn't something that we can teach. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we can teach. It, it can only be lived. Yeah. And, you know, I, I pointed to it earlier, but, but the, the, the people who frighten us, hurt us, affect us in ways that we experience as painful. If we identify and question what we're thinking and believing when we're so hurt, then it shifts everything. And we begin to understand, we begin to understand that not only is that an earth teacher, not only are, is, is that person my teacher, but they're, they're giving me all the, the um, any, any little breadcrumbs that have been missed along the way. And I think, you know, we have a very turbulent United States uh, and world. It's, it's looking really weird to an observer. And there are a lot of frightened people. And fear is just a word for, it's a word for war. When we're fearful, we're blind, and we're deaf. And what I love about inquiry is is um, we're the opposite. We're awake. We're not asleep. We're connected. Are you, what is your hope or prayer for our future? The people understand um, that um, there's a way out. We don't have to wait for anyone else to give it to us. That there's a way out. There's a way out, and it's not suicide. It is in a way because we shift identity when we live in a life of inquiry. A great mind said, a life. without inquiry is not worth living. And I'm, I'm a, that's my experience as well in my particular case. Why do you think that we're, it seems like we're able to have these conversations more often. I feel that more people are craving and have this desire for self-inquiry. There's more and more people discovering the world of self-help and wellness. Um, There's obviously a desire there, but it seems as though our mental health collectively has deteriorating, has been deteriorating over the last couple of years. Why do you think that is? I, you know, my, the, the answer that comes to me, you know, first is it's time. And, and that's not something I'm guessing at. It's, it's, um, it's, it's time. There's turbulence, but there's always been. And it's, it's just the closer it gets, the, um, the more we need it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just that fear is an unquestioned mind and we can do something about that. Mm. That's so good. That is so good. Fear is an unquestioned mind. That is, 
that is the answer for me. If, if I had to give an answer for why this collective situation is happening is because of that. And I, I love that answer so much. Mm-hmm. What do you do for yourself? Um, you have lived such a, a beautifully successful life since your awakening and sharing your experience with millions and millions and millions of people all over the world. How do you continue to care for yourself and your own mental well-being, spiritual well-being um, today? It's, um, it's um, timeless. It's um, nothing I have to think about. It's, um, there's nothing to stop me. The way my mind used to work prior to inquiry, I would wake up in the morning and and it was difficult to even get out of bed. And some days I couldn't often. <laughs> I, I wasn't able to. And so why? My head was full of no one cares. Why would I bother? I don't have a talent anyway. It's only going to get worse. It's never going to get better. And then it would attack the body. It's too fat. It's too thin. It's too tall. It's too short. I mean, all of the, all of, all of that. And then, so walking to the bathroom to brush my teeth, I had this internal thing going that I just described. So that's what I was up against. And I speak for, I think, every human being on those days when it's tough to to get out out of bed just notice the 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 mind what you're thinking and believing and then um, just 10 or 15 minutes just meditating in what am i thinking believing and then filling in those six questions on that worksheet it goes from our mind and it drops to paper so how do to to get back to your question there's nothing going on so everything's going on i wake up i'm out of bed i love what i think there's no cause keeping me down i have thought brush my teeth there's no mind to argue with it it's just it's still but what's left is brush your teeth make up the bed heat the teapot you know heat the water for the tea it's it's just no more complicated than that and it's um gosh i guess that would sound impossible if i were hearing it out of my old ears but i had question internal war and what i'm left with is a way of living that is um of service and the greatest service, you know, if we can't do it from home, what value is it? So I brush my teeth, I heat the water, I go to my Zoom and sit with my friend Rosie. And there's nothing to stop me. Right. Oh, thank you so much. I want to as usual, just continue this conversation. And, um, but I want to be respectful of your time. So I do have um, one final question for you. But before I ask you the final question, um, where can people go for more information? Where can they connect with you? Where are you these days? Well, they can go to byronkady.com or the work.com. It's the same website. Um, and on that site, I I work live Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays from 9 to 10 Pacific time. And oh my goodness, I love that so much. You never know. It's where people fill in worksheets or we just talk like we're doing here or people fill in those um, judge and neighbor worksheets on the work.com and um, and then we question them. And it's a practice that everyone can sit in. 
And the courage of the people, we spoke to this earlier, but the courage of the people that pop into that Zoom event, oh my, it blows my mind. I just don't know how people can be so courageous. And then we all get to witness that. Yes. I, I can speak to this, everybody listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube, it's so good. Please, please go. It, it is so incredible. You gain so much value just by listening to these brave people share their story and share oh, their truth. It's like they're incredible. And then and then some of those we put on the podcast. People can find me on the Byron Kitty podcast and and sit in inquiry that way. But the most powerful thing is to find a situation where you were where you were hurting and identify what you're thinking and believing, write those thoughts down on the worksheet and uh, have a good life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so true. Well, thank you again so much. The final question uh, is with regard to this podcast. And again, I just, I'm so, so grateful for you and for everything that you've done, all the work that you continue to do and the actual, the work, uh, as I told you in the beginning, you know, my story, you know, my background, it has really, yeah, it's truly just inspired me so much and really helped shape the person that I am now. And, um, I don't actually think that I would have created any of this if it wasn't for the work. So thank you for that. Oh, honey, you're so boy. Thank you for, for Oh my gosh, the work you do in the world is just, it's priceless. And thank you for that. Okay. So the final question is, uh, I created this podcast for people to have a place to go to, to get inspired, to feel a, a sense of connection, community, to feel supported. So the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? How do I feel radically loved? I love everything I think. That's the best. So good. Thank you so much, Miss Byron Katie. Miss Byron Katie. I want to just call you Miss Byron Katie forever. Thank you so, so much for everything, for being here. Um, everybody that's listening to this podcast, please uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you gained value from listening to this conversation, definitely share it with your friends or a loved one or anybody who you think would gain value from listening to this. All of the links that uh, Katie, Miss Byron Katie, just pointed out will be on the show notes. So if you're listening to this on whatever, platform you're listening to this on, uh, just go to the info button. If you're watching this video on YouTube, the links will be below down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can connect there. Thank you all so much. Remember that you are all radically loved and radically supported. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.